show, we have Christine Van Gain on the line. Am I pronouncing that correctly, Christine? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's Van Gain, like wine. Van Gain. Van so you remember. <laughs> <laughs> Van Gain, Christine Van Gain. She is the litigation director at the Canadian Constitution Foundation. Always great having Christine on the line. Christine, you saw the announcement uh, involving the Ford's, uh, the Ford government's vaccine certificate. It's not a passport. You can call it whatever you want. It basically does the same thing. Uh, first of all, what's your take on it? Yeah. So at the outset, I have a lot of a lot of concerns. I think uh, I, I think that there's implications for a Section Seven right. Um, specifically, I, I mean, of, of course. Um, the, the 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 right to security of person so that involves any any choices you make about your own body and I think that where the court would fall on this we we don't quite know but in my view it's a coercive force right the idea that we limit uh, more and more aspects of public life to only certain types of people I think at some point that becomes coercive uh, and and I don't think based on the current vaccination rates, which are really high in Canada, I don't think the risk warrants it. So of course rights can be limited in Canada under section one, but those limits need to be justified. They need to be proportionate, rationally connected and minimally impairing. And when we have such a high rate of vaccination, voluntary vaccination uptake in this country and in this province in particular, I just don't see how this policy could be justified. You referenced Section 7 of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Just so uh, for us non-lawyers, I'm just going to read uh, one of the definitions online here. Uh, a constitutional provision that protects an individual's autonomy and personal legal rights from the actions of the government of Canada. And uh, there are three types of protection within that, uh, the right to life, liberty, and security of the person, denials of these rights are constitutional only if the denials do not breach what is referred to as the fundamental justice. Can you explain that for uh, us lay people? Yeah, so Section 7 includes um, liberty and security of person. Those are the two rights that I think are engaged by vaccine passport policy. Uh, liberty, because you have a right to move around freely. But as we know, the right to liberty is, is pretty regularly infringed. Uh, for example, you can't go into other people's private property. Um, and it can be limited in accordance with the principles of fundamental justice. Not to get into the, you know, the nitty gritty of how our charter analysis works, but it's sort of... Um, it's not the same as the the section one analysis, but it's sort of sort of similar for the purposes of your listeners. Um, the The one that I think is a stronger argument um, in section seven is security of person um, because it engages you have a right to security of person that includes choices about your own body. And as I said, as we restrict more and more public spaces subject to the agreement of people to undergo a medical procedure, uh, although for most people it's a safe medical procedure, vaccination, um, but the more coercive it is, the less of a choice it becomes. So undergoing any medical treatment needs to be on the basis of informed consent. And as we take options away from people, that choice becomes less and less of a choice. And I think from a policy perspective, I think that there's a big problem here about creating a huge division in society. I really, I'm vaccinated. I support 
the choice to make vaccination. I think people should make the choice to get vaccinated if they're able to. But I really can't stand the the, the language that is being used about people who are unvaccinated. I, I mean, I did a debate on CBC with, with a physician, a public health physician, who said, you know, unvaccinated people are a threat. Unvaccinated people are dangerous. This is These are our neighbors. These are our family members. We shouldn't be dividing society this way. We should be encouraging people um, and have love and compassion for people who have been afraid to get vaccinated for whatever reason. We shouldn't be talking about them as if they're somehow unclean or um, a threat to the rest of society. The reality is that vaccinated people can also transmit the virus. They can also contract the virus. So treating one group of people like they're somehow social pariahs, I think is really detrimental to our social cohesion. Yeah, absolutely. And if it turns out that there are long-term um, ill effects of the vaccine that we don't know about, then uh, in in the same vein, then we shouldn't be alienating the vaxxed. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Well, I mean, let's face it. No, I mean, that's a lot of the concerns around that is that uh, the testing really wasn't anywhere near what you would expect it to be when they normally produce these vaccines. And you, and you know that normally this is five to ten years. And I understand that there were emergency aspects to this. But if it turns out that there are issues around uh, health effects, you know, detrimental effects as a result of the vaccine, then who knows? Things might be very different, uh, you know, three, four years from now. I mean, uh, it's, it's, amazing how, it's amazing how things change. I also want to run this past you, the Nuremberg Code dating back to 1947 and you've uh, become aware of I, the, I've of heard this arguments. this is this is this is not this you're not, is you're not, not a real it. thing you're not this buying is no, it? this okay. is not a real thing this is not experimentation on human beings and I hate the invocation of of Nuremberg in in this context this is not at all applicable you're not buying at all. It. okay no, it's 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 just not accurate there was a story out of CTV um uh, I don't know you're familiar with this one growing number of provinces have become in, uh, implementing vaccine mandates requiring proof of vaccination to attend certain social and recreational events. Uh, they're talking about the claim around the use of charter arguments in order to suggest that this is not legal. Uh, I know you're aware of the article. Uh, it seems to support the idea that there are no legitimate claims around it. Um, what did you think of this? This is a CTV news piece. Yeah, so I, I did read that article. I think it's a bit of a simplified analysis. Anyone who says that they know 100% how a court would come down on this is is they're they're not right. There's there this is a novel situation. This is a new thing. I, I don't think anyone can confidently predict what a court would do. But I would say um, one of the things that the argument raised was a Section 15 argument, which is Section 15 protects uh, equality. So it's your equality rights. Um, I think one of the things that's been really bothering me about the vaccine passport policies in other provinces, Manitoba and British Columbia, is the lack of a medical exemption. Um, Ontario has said that they will create a medical exemption for people who can't be vaccinated. And I will I will say that medical reasons that you can't get vaccinated are are rare, but they do happen. So I've spoken to a number of people who have had adverse reactions to the first dose of the vaccine. Adverse reactions are rare, um, but they, as I said, they do happen. I spoke to a woman who developed heart inflammation after her first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. I've spoken to people who have developed uh, neurological reactions to the vaccine. Now, these are people who are pro-vaccination. They went and got vaccinated. 
And unfortunately, they developed an adverse reaction. But in Manitoba and British Columbia, there's no accommodation for these people. There's no ability for them to go to the places that they like to go, you know, gyms or restaurants or, or what have you, because those provinces do not create a medical exemption. I think that that is discrimination on the basis of disability. And I also think there are a lot of reasons that people... You know, the public health doctors say, oh, there, there, there are almost no exemptions. There's almost no reason why you shouldn't get the vaccine. Um, even allergy physicians, allergy specialists, I've heard saying people can take the vaccine in a supervised environment, even if they are allergic to a component. I mean, at some point, what, what choice are people given, right? If you have an anaphylactic allergy to an ingredient in the vaccine and your physician says, I won't write you a medical exemption because, you know, the likelihood of you having an anaphylactic reaction exists, but it's worth it. I mean, you're taking away the right to people uh, for people to make deeply personal and and difficult trade-offs about their own health. If you say to a person who has pre-existing heart inflammation, you know, it's probably safe for you to take the vaccine. And that is the medical advice. It's probably safe and it, and it probably is, but it's still a trade-off that you have to make. And I don't think it's the role of government to try and tip the scales of those very personal trade-offs in one direction or another. That's why I think the existence of these medical um, medical exemptions need to be granted and they, they they can't be overly restrictive. I have to run this past you as well. Uh, a re-elected liberal cabinet would strip Canadians of any legal right to challenge mandatory vaccination orders. Prime Minister Trudeau said that uh, this week the federal privacy commissioner has warned that compulsory vaccines breach the Privacy Act. The quote is, uh, we'll stand firm on our commitment that's Trudeau, will protect businesses that mandate vaccinations from unjustified lawsuits. Uh, but what do you think of the idea of the cabinet uh, basically depriving Canadians or trying to legally uh, to move forward with, with a challenge against mandatory vaccines? So mandatory vaccines, I think you're talking about them in the con in an employment context. So yeah. it relates to an employer saying to their employees that they need to get vaccinated. And, you know, as a as a constitutional issue, I don't necessarily take any issue with an employer imposing a mandate. I think it's it's not a constitutional issue. It could be a human rights law issue, but these are employers who have broad management rights to begin with. I, I do have some sympathy for people who, you know, for, for whatever reason, don't feel safe taking the vaccine and, and they're being put in a position where it's lose their livelihood or undergo a medical treatment that they're not comfortable undergoing. But, but this is not really a constitutional issue. This is an employment law issue. Um, when it comes to the government limiting the ability of people to bring claims against their employers, you know, I don't know how I feel about the government um, restricting civil liability that way. I think it exists for a reason and it's a good recourse to the courts that, that employees have. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not supportive of, of that policy, but this is mostly an employer, employee, or a labor issue. Yeah, I understand. So it's an agreement between one party and another party, and uh, maybe the government should stay out of it. And if the uh, employee finds himself or herself in a position of having to seek employment elsewhere over an issue like this, then you know, I guess that's 
just the uh, a product of of the uh, environment we live in. I mean, it's a little crazy to me that the that the that, that the liberal government, a, a you know progressive party, would say um, we're going to restrict the ability of employees to bring claims against their employers. Um, you know, em, employer employees tend to have less less bargaining power, especially if they're in a non-unionized environment. So restricting the liability of employers doesn't seem to jive with the progressive mandate or progressive, uh, you know, attitude in in that party. But hey, you know, I'm I'm surprised every day by what I see in the news. Where is your organization now in terms of uh, possibly challenging some of these laws that have been introduced and, and measures to, uh, introduced by government? Yeah, thanks for asking. So my organization, we support vaccination, we support voluntary vaccination, but we are concerned with these mandates, um, with these vaccine passport mandates. So what we've done, the Ontario announcement just came yesterday, so we, we actually haven't seen any of the proposed regulations yet. But in Manitoba and in British Columbia, we have written to the government where the governments there have said they will not create medical exemptions. So we've written to them about our broad concerns about the policy, about it being coercive and potentially a violation of Section 7 rights. But we are most concerned in those provinces about the equality rights of people who are not able to get vaccinated. So we've written to those provinces telling them that they need to amend their current regulations or public health orders. And if they don't, we do have applicants who are interested in working with us on litigation in those provinces. So we're going to wait and see what, what they do. But this is this is something we are actively working on, active challenges against those two, two provinces. And how do people support your organization? If you visit the ccf.ca, you can learn more about our cases and you can also tell us your story about how vaccine passport mandates are impacting you, especially if you have a medical condition. I'm interested in hearing your story. All right. Christine Van Gein, Litigation Director at the Canadian Constitution Foundation.